Got a very cryptic Steve Vines overture for you today, Steve Vines. Is it cryptic? It's cryptic. I can't even spell that. During my extensive research <laughs> yes, this morning for your I, I, bit, I, I, know. I came up with the following. On this day in AD 64, the Great Fire of Rome happened. While Emperor Nero nonchalantly sang and played his lyre. Well, some people say the Emperor fiddled. fiddled. They do. He either fiddled or lyre. We've got those words yeah, in there. Yeah, yeah. Boom, Steve, it's all yours. <laughs> See, the, the detail with which I, I get into this. Actually, unlike you, I knew the Emperor, Nero. We, we, were, we, we, were, we were besties. Back when Pontius was a pilot. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and nobody's calling right. me old, I'll tell you that, for, yeah. um, <laughs> for, for nothing. Um, but yeah. but uh, meanwhile, meanwhile, I mean, it, it, we, we, we've got a real problem here. Oh, yeah. Um, there is... Um, Violence in, in in the Hong Kong Special Administrative Region, where which is where what we live. Yeah, um, we've got subversion. We've got subversion of state power. We've got threats to national security. I mean, the fact that I managed to get here in one piece, all through the way the from Kung, through the rioting, yeah. through the mayhem, is extraordinary. But I mean, to be serious, this thing with banning the the uh, Hong Kong National Party. Who nobody um, had heard of, really. <laughs> and, you know, has got uh, either ten members or a hundred, whichever figure you believe. In, in a little room in Mongkok <laughs> over the 7-Eleven. You, you're, you're exaggerating. <laughs> Check it, May. Um, <laughs> um, no, but seriously, I have no idea where they are. Um, but the fact of the matter is that um, this, is, this is very, very scary stuff because these ideas... Uh, sorry, the idea that they are a threat to national security is out of... The dictator's playbook. Had more threatening Monday any, nights, haven't we? You know what I mean? <laughs> no, but any, any, any dictatorship worth its cotton socks always rounds up political opponents on grounds of being threats to national security. In fact, if you just take a little trip across the border and go in a northerly direction, you'll find that most of the dissidents who are detained are detained precisely on these very ambiguous and non-specific charges mm. of representing a threat to state security. And if you look at the charge sheet, this enormous dossier that's been compiled by the police, who've been spending public money transcribing radio interviews, speeches, among the charges, and these are serious things, um, that the Hong Kong National Party were engaged in were giving out leaflets, <laughs> attempting to stand for election, infiltrating schools. That's also the same as giving out leaflets because that's actually what they were doing in schools, making speeches. And you're, you're thinking, you know, last time I looked, standing for election was not a threat to national security. Giving out a leaflet was not a threat, etc., etc. Yeah. So what you're seeing here is the classic way that dictatorships operate. But Hong Kong doesn't happen to be a dictatorship. It's true that, that we live under the shadow of one, but, you know, the <laughs> I laugh. One country, two systems is supposed to, to say something otherwise. And this is what they do. They start with all of these authoritarian governments, when they want to round up opponents, they start with the weakest link in the chain. Mm -hmm. So the Hong Kong National Party, who incidentally, I think, are batty but that they have a right to be batty it's, well, that's it, part of the it's yeah you know it's their 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 right the hong kong national party represents practically no one it does have some support of course it does all, all all forms of political expression have some support i doubt it's very significant i doubt they're very significant but so you pick off the weakest and then you go down the road you go 
Well, you know, we managed to get rid of them. What about this one? They look a bit like that one. And then there's the other one, and so on. Do you think this is alarmist talk? Well, actually, no. Because you remember what people were saying after the Electoral Commission. It's interesting that it's the Electoral Commission that, that, that's playing a pivotal role in this, managed to outlaw certain candidates from standing in the last uh, LegCo elections, indeed, in the last LegCo by-election. Uh, you know, a lot of people in the democracy camp said, well, this is the thin end of the wedge. We're going to hear more about this. We're going to hear them banning political parties. And all the usual suspects came forward and go, you see, that's the Democrats getting alarmist again, getting ahead of themselves. This is a one-off. It's to do with the law. Come on, you know, stop getting hysterical. And here we are. Here we are. Mm. You get to a stage where the first, and it is the first, let's be absolutely clear about that, the first of the legal measures against what was previously perfectly lawful um, activities, as say things like... And fairly like, trivial, too. And fairly trivial, handing out leaflets, you know, attempting stamp election. I mean, once, you, once, you've, once you've cited that as evidence of being a threat to national security... And remember, they're, they're trying to bring these charges under the securities ordinance. For anyone who's, you know, even... Uh, even a lawyer would know this. The Securities Ordinance was actually... Sorry, the Society's Ordinance was actually designed to combat triads and organised crime in Hong Kong. That's what it was designed to do. What the irony. It does, of course, like all of these things, it does have a wider remit. But the specific part of the Society's Ordinance, the reason it was brought onto the statute book, was for the purpose of outlawing organised crime. They're using that mechanism now to try and crack down on political activity of an opposition nature. And, you know, this is very, very thin end, wedge, thin end, all those words in one sentence would, would bring you to a conclusion. And, you know, what it tells you is how paranoid they are. I mean, you know, in a society that's confident of itself, that walks around and someone says... For example, where I come from, to Theresa May, that you're an utter disgrace, you shouldn't be there, you're a complete wally. People go, yeah, OK. The big black van doesn't come the around. The big black van doesn't come around. Someone else comes around and says she's absolutely wonderful, she wears very nice shoes, and... Um, next. Uh, next. You know, so it's only societies where they don't have a... Which, of course, is the Hong Kong government. It has no popular mandate. It doesn't ever submit itself to elections, so it can't have a popular mandate. Um, it's those societies that, that, that keep looking over their shoulders. They think foreigners are, are desperate to intervene in Hong Kong affairs. They worry about this, they worry about that, because basically they're paranoid. It's as simple as that. Can I chuck something in here? Because we heard stuff about that school magazine that CY Learn got his knickers in a twist about. And it was a, a university a magazine. A university magazine, yes. So why is it always the people in um, the, the, the government side, the people in power, basically, who start using the inflammatory talk. I'm just looking at something on HK Free Press here. Um, even if the political movement has not yet made an attempt to seize power and the danger of its policy is not imminent, the HKSAR government should take preventative measures as HKNP's movement has started to take concrete steps in public to implement gold incompatible with the laws. That's a police letter. They're using yes. these punchy words, you and see. And it's interesting that the key word in there is even. You see, the point of, of, of the law, I'm sorry to be fundamental about this, but the point of the law 
is to prosecute existent and actual crimes, yeah. not crimes that you think may be committed. Minority or, report has reached Hong Kong. <laughs> yes, I mean, you know, or laws which you... What, what they're saying is, you know, when we change the law, they may well breach it. Well, the only law that the police have a responsibility to enforce is the law as it stands. They have no responsibilities whatsoever to um, police laws that do not exist. They have no responsibilities to... I mean, this is uh, sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm. This is becoming a bit incoherent. But, but I mean, you know, if if you if you were sitting in a police station and you say, you know, that bloke, Mister Bloggs, I think I saw him in a cafe once, and he was he looked to me as though he might be about to rob a bank. Can you imagine? You go back to your your station. You say to the station officer, "Can we pick up Mister Bloggs? I saw him in a cafe. I thought he was. He looked to me like the sort of bloke who might rob a bank." Told you, yeah. You would be sent on your bike, or nowadays in your uh, in your Japanese-made vehicle. But whatever it is, you would not be allowed to proceed on that basis. But when it comes to politics, they they are basically saying they have reasonable suspicion that by acting lawfully, and nobody has suggested, incidentally, that the Hong Kong National Party hasn't acted lawfully. What they're worried about... Whoever they may be. Whoever in, in they may be. Well, that's true. You know, all ten of them, or however many they are. Whoever they may be, indeed. I mean, what they're basically saying is we don't like their ideas. That's a very, 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 very different matter. And, in fact, you know, what is freedom of expression? I, I very much hope that in the entirely improbable, unlikely and what's-it event that somebody attacked the right of the DAB to express its views. I very much hope I'd find myself on a picket line defending them. Not because I like the DAB, not because I like their views, but because I do like their freedom to express them. And that's that's the big story here. Not Not picking and choosing and saying freedom of expression only exists for views that you like. It's almost like these kids, kids, these people are being challenged to a punch-up. Come on, have a go. Come well, on, I mean, on. you know, it's, on, a, it, you know you it, it's a pretty one-sided punch-up, isn't it? No, but it's, they're, they're being enticed to kick off. Well, they are. I mean, what, what, what they're basically saying is, you know, when you say you want to stand for election, that's the same thing as wanting to blow up the whole system. Yeah. Well, gosh, who knew? <laughs> Mind you, there were some fellas that got lifted for wanting to blow up the Houses of Parliament and they didn't quite make it today. Yes, and you kind of feel that, that they had a case. They had explosives. Well, you know, they had little giveaways like explosives. <laughs> um, you know, I mean, if if indeed members of the Hong Kong National Party were found to hold a cache of explosive and AK-47s or even lesser... I think you'll find ...lesser automatic <laughs> rifles, I would be all in favour of putting them in jail. I really would. Mm. But this isn't the case. I mean, you know, those of us who actually believe in the rule of law rather than rule by law kind of look at the look at the statue and go, well, it says this, therefore it should be that. And, I mean, where you have, as you do have in the society's audience, a certain level of ambiguity as to what is covered by unlawful activities by societies, you don't fill it in by wild imagination of what you would like to see covered you 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 just don't do that well they have in this case and if you think about it the amount of police resources that's gone into monitoring the phone calls the text messages remember they've they've actually reproduced all of this so we we don't we this isn't speculation but can they make dog poisoners a 700 a 700 page dossier contains these details yeah 
it shows the apparatus of the state in Hong Kong is being devoted to how many officers were engaged in monitoring these 10 people? Well, they only cite two people incidentally. So apparently all of this, all of this effort was, was, was um, devoted to, to surveilling just two people. One of whom, I think, um, may be guilty of owning a typewriter. Really? Don't know that. Don't know that. That's pure speculation on my part. The, I think a lot of people would be saying that the lack of logic here is you're looking like you're really scared and you're just being stupid. Whatever happened to, ignore them and they'll go away. Because well, they will. But, 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 I mean, of course, there is logic here. That's, I mean, I wish I could oh, say... It's all over yeah, history, no, I was, isn't I was going to say, I wish I could say there was no logic. But, I mean, the logic is that the comrades from the North have said the political mission of Carrie Lam and her boys and girls is to crack down on what they call separatism, crack down on people who are opposed to the one-party state. So, you know, the logic is that they're under this pressure to do that. And Carrie Lam keeps going around saying, well, I won't enact Article 23, the anti-subversion legislation, right at the moment. But I tell you what, we'll have a go I could that. have a go. We could, you know, we could start chucking people out of the legislature. We could start banning them from standing for election. And I tell you what, we could even ban a few parties. And they're sitting up in the north going, you know what? Conrad Lamb is not as bad as we thought she was. No, she might have she might have been a colonial lackey in her day, but you know, she's our lackey now and we quite like it. This takes us back about four weeks. There was an article saying it's all going down, but within the law. Well, by law. I mean as ever. On paper, it's yeah. Legit, well you well, know. you know, you're stretching the law at its at, at its uh, at its seams here. It's like using the law to get whatever you yes, want. That was the yes, article, remember yes, that, 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 a few that, weeks ago. That, that is indeed the point, isn't yeah. it? So, you know, people who believe in rule of law don't think that the law is there to be used to obtain political objectives. And these are political objectives. Don't, don't even start to imagine this has anything to do with enforcement of the law. There's always this notion that when somebody... Yes, in Hong Kong, doesn't like the system. There's going to be violence. The greatest infiltrations in history have had nothing to do nothing to do with violence. A well, lot of them. I mean, let's just Cold War, for instance. Well, that, <laughs> yeah, but let, let's just just con, con, uh, um, confine ourselves yeah. to Hong Kong. I mean, mean instead of hopping up and down talking about threats to national security, why don't they actually look at what's happened in Hong Kong? Protest in Hong Kong, other than by leftists in the 1960s, the very people who are sitting at the apex of the system now, other than them, there has been no violent protest in Hong Kong. Nil, nothing now. It takes too much effort. I mean, it's, it? it's quite true that, that every now and again, you know, um, somebody's grabbed by the arm who, who say, is a LegCo attendant and goes to hospital. <laughs> and they get out the microscope. They go, oh, yes, that could be bruised if it was, but, you know, we're not quite sure. I mean, there's, you, you know, it's, it's, it's kiddie stuff. Mm. I'm personally very well opposed to the idea of violence being brought into politics, but there's no need to be opposed or in favour in Hong Kong. It objectively does not happen. Still in with Steve Vines. Where were we? Oh, I've taken offence now. I've, I've oh, so what? taken offence. The idea that I'm an alien... Um, but talking of aliens, um, let's let's go to the liaison office. Oh, no, no, unfair, cheap jibe, and uh, you didn't hear that from me. Certainly not. But the legal chief, the person who's in charge oh, of okay. law over yeah, the yeah. liaison office, my mate, Mr. Wang Zenmin, not Wang Zemin, Wang Zenmin, um, 
he's he's come up with a, a startling interpretation of the law in Hong Kong. He says, ah, he says, now that basic law is not a separate constitution for Hong Kong. It's it, 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 it's sort of um, it's sort of part of the national constitution which, of course, is applied to Hong Kong. The whole of the national constitution applies to Hong Kong. He obviously hasn't read Article 18 of the Basic Law. No, he obviously doesn't care about oh, Article 18. Which actually says national laws do not apply in Hong Kong, <laughs> except right. for, and then they specify things like the national flag law, the emblem law, and blah, blah, blah. So, I mean, you know, it, it's really a case now is the law is whatever I've said it is. This it's is not fact, what's Steve. written down. This is... So he draws from that stunning conclusion and this stunning legal reinterpretation of the basic law that uh, um, it has, oh, that's right, no status whatsoever. <coughs> Except for a, some uh, some sort of, you know, addendum to a big daddy document or as what, President that? Trump would say, a big bigly document. A big bigly document. No, <laughs> you, you, you sort of see where they're coming from with this stuff. No, but, I know, exactly, uh, yeah. You yeah. You're not going to be attentively listening to that. No, well, the trouble is that the, 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 the weasels what count do attentively listen to this. I suppose so. It's, it's, it's a bit depressing, but, you know, hey-ho. Yeah. Let's talk about something happy like Leaky Roofs. Yes, Leaky Roofs. Ah, oh, yes. Now, 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 this is our very favourite corporation, the MTRC. So, um, another day, another scandal. What, what I like scandal. about... Scandal. Is well, that a scandal? It's, it's, it's a leaky roof, a, It's a it? leaky roof, yeah, all right, OK. Another day... Well, another day, another cock-up. I think <laughs> we could call it that. I don't... Yeah. Th- I mean, that is actually the technical term. People who've done advanced engineering will tell you that's what... That's, that's what they're... That's what that's what they're called. So, I mean, yet again, how do they handle this? So, of course, they don't admit that there's a leaky roof. This is in the new rail terminus for the express railway that's going to take you to Guangzhou and bat of an eyelid, except it isn't because they've lied about how long the journey took. Anyway, anyway, let's not get into that. We've done all that before. But, but here we have a leaky roof. Now, as they've pointed out, and you can tell they've got experts on the job, it only leaks when it's, there's heavy rain. Yeah. Now, I tell Bargain. you what, I tell you what, who knew? Yeah. I mean, what level of expertise do they employ at the MTRC to work out that no, when it's dry... You would never understand. I this. wouldn't understand. When there's no rain, there's no leak. Well, osh, gosh, and bosh. Yeah. <laughs> so... I mean, it just adds to this multiple feeling of incompetence, of sort of a general level of of willful... Yeah, exactly. (laughs) That's another technical expression that you'd learn if you had the qualifications for it. Mm. I mean, you're quite right. It's not a scandal in its own, but it comes on top of, you know, faulty platform this and faulty reinforcement that and the lines aren't quite working, but they think they found a grease that can sort of make them... You know, here's the thing. It's a big company with big construction projects. Most construction projects have problems. Nobody doubts this. Mm. But when you're a big company in the public domain, more or less 70-odd percent controlled by the taxpayer, because we still, we the taxpayers still own 70% of the equity in the company, you have responsibilities that you don't frankly have when you're a private company putting up a, a, a corner nose-picking shop in, in Wong Tai Sin. This is a very big company. So that the way to handle all of this is you tell the public these problems have occurred. 
put the fire You don't out. wait until a newspaper highlights them and then go, they're harassing us, they keep revealing things, we're trying to do an honest day's work, but, you know, we're being held back by these pesky journalists looking around for troubles. Why does this stuff get in the newspapers? And here, here we get to the nub of the matter. Because there's many people in the corporation, so-called whistleblowers, who are unhappy with the way things are being done, unhappy with the way the cracks are being paved over, and think it would be better if it emerged in the public domain. So confidence erodes and erodes and erodes, and, and the response of all the people at the top of the MTR is, first of all, to deny things, then to say, ah, oh, well, there may be a problem, but, um, uh, you know, we're um, uh, uh, maybe onto it. And um, it's the contractor, not us, not us, not us, no, 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 no. Um, or if it's not the contractor, it's the subcontractor. Let's find somebody to blame. We're never responsible for anything. I mean, even even, even Donald Trump noticed that in this... Um, radio interview, that, or sorry, TV interview, a clip of which was paid in the news just now, that the person at the top takes responsibility for what happens below. I mean, if even he can work that out, and he ain't the bright, sharpest pencil in the pencil box, I would have thought some other people could work that out as well. Mm. I've just found the article here, the, the news story here. So um, they have done, if you think about it, what, you, what you're talking about, because it says, the MTR says, there's a chance that a section of the roof at West Kowloon may leak when the long-planned train service begins. Sorry, that was only time. after a newspaper report said that. Oh, well. Yeah. You win. I'm just yeah. reading. No, 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 no. They, 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 come, they come clean when forced. That's the problem. I like this. So they're going to keep. Sorry, yeah, you go on. No, it it's out. just they're yeah. going to keep it out of the passenger bit. Yes, now, that's now, good. Now, where do we have to? We don't want damp passengers. No, absolutely. But what 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 happens is, um, in a situation like this, every little thing becomes a big deal, which it wouldn't normally it be. It wouldn't normally be, be a leaky if, roof, if, wouldn't if, it? If you if you if you had if you were issuing. Um, uh, if you were operating in a transparent way, you'd say, "Oh, you know, on Wednesday we found there was a problem with the roof at Central Terminus." Um, you know blah, blah, and blee, blee, are dealing with it, people go, oh, well, it's a leaky roof. We, we, have, those in, we have those at home. Yeah. We know what they are. And if the big stuff they're, hadn't they're, come up, this wouldn't be a thing exactly. at all, Exactly. But, you know, they've kind of passed the point of no return on public credibility as far as um, transparency is concerned. And, you know, this is a great pity because I think the MTRC, as a railway operator, maybe not as a construction company or, or a construction <laughs> administrator, is is a very fine thing indeed. Well, I mean, never as a in user, years heard anything like this? Had you? No. Maybe we just didn't hear it. Well, maybe maybe it didn't happen. It's mm. just possible. And but the fact of the matter is that they do know how to run a railway. They do know how to run a mass transit system. Yeah. It's fast, it's clean, it's efficient. Let's, see, let's find the source of this stream. And the source of this stream is it, the it, super fast railway, the mainland, da 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 da. And, and the pressure to get things done and too many Having the mainland guys and, in Hong Kong yeah, doing the ticket. Yeah, well, there is, there is so, the So if you, if you trace it back, that's... There, there's a very small, um, and, and this brings us to the other thing, there's a very small coterie of large companies who get these contracts. Hmm. So we hear over ah, in... Now in, we get into in, tendering as well. In, yeah. in, well, there is that, yes. Yeah, so we hear over in West Kowloon that the major contractor which isn't a mainland company, it's a local company called Xinjiang. They apparently are having what I believe are called cash flow problems, oh, yeah. a.k.a. fill-in-the-blank spaces. So the the authority, the, the, the West Kowloon hub, blub, whatever it's called this week, um, has decided that they will channel the money to the subcontractors who, remember, 
are beholden to the main contractor for their living, they will directly pay the subcontractors right. for their work so that it doesn't but stop. But doesn't that be- make them become contractors? Well, you're not yeah, a lot of subcontractors so that's, anymore. That's number one. Contra- you're not anyway, a subcontractor. Silly. No, no, but there is that. <laughs> number two, if your main contractor isn't actually capable, doesn't have the resources mm. to pay basic bills, these are operating costs. Isn't there a problem there? I mean, you know, how are these contracts handed out? What sort of due diligence was done to make sure that the main contractor, and remember, these are billions and billions of dollars, the main contractor has the financial wherewithal to actually do the job, the technical competence to do the job. I mean, the more you hear about this, you do start to wonder, what's going on with the tendering process here? Well, the cheapest bid wins. Well... We don't even know that no, because I mean, it's no, no. But what I'm saying it is, it's a to. black box. We don't know how these things pan out. I mean, you may say, "Oh, that's good as a taxpayer. We want to pay less than more." But less isn't, as you know, cheapest isn't always best. And yeah. I know that because my Rolls Royce isn't necessarily best. inferior <laughs> to, to a Ford Mondeo, but it sure looks nicer. We come back to this time and time again. This this whole notion of. Uh, when these bodies in Hong Kong do procurements and tenderings and stuff, very often the cheapest bid wins. And I read something fabulous, like a bumper sticker, and it said, if you think hiring a professional is expensive, go and hire an amateur. Exactly. How cool is that? Absolutely. I mean, how many people have said, I'm going to save some money. I know a bloke who fix me electrics for Thrupp and Sapney because the bloke down the road is charging 100 and you end up paying thousands.